Well, we are here and we are back for episode 26 of what you spin in four days or four episodes away from episode 30, which is going to be, you guys remember? Do you remember? No. Woohoo, number 30. No, I don't remember. Number oh. 30, the Outcast episode. Oh, are we doing that? Yeah, we're doing that. Remember? Yeah. Yes. Number 30, another themed episode. We're going artist specific. Our next two will be artist specific. We're going uh, Outcast for the next one. And then uh, episode 40, we'll wait. About yes, four episodes wait. away from that one, we'll announce what that one is. But that one is basically cemented as is. Okay. Uh, but episode 30, we'll be doing a, a special Outcast episode. We'll each pick a, an Outcast album, obviously, talk about mm-hmm. it and the goods. But. We've got a lot of albums to talk about between now and then, specifically three this afternoon. So we're going to go ahead and dive right into it to Matt with the sideways hat. What do you got for us, man? Yeah, boy! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Going with 1979, The Pleasure Principle by Gary Newman. the original album cover this is more of a first recordings album cover but i thought i'd show it because it's very gary newman electro yeah mm-hmm. it's very uh, fitting one of my favorite albums by him because it's one of his more electro albums um mm-hmm. it's very influential for a lot of artists out there that were coming up or that yeah. even came out uh early hip-hop artists use it as a, a reference uh, david bowie loved it inspiration for trent reznor from nine inch nails so Gary Newman kind of cemented himself with this album as like an electro pioneer in a sense. Um, very eclectic also. I loved it. What do you guys think? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> dude. Well, brain farted for yeah. A well, and hell of an intro for it because it's, it's one of those albums that like literally just grabs your attention from the first sound that comes out of mm-hmm. it. Like the beginning to air lane. I... I remember hearing that, like, I had never, I knew who Gary Newman was, and I recognized the OG album cover for God knows why, but when I listened to it, that first, like, part of Airlane just, like, hooked me in, and I was like, oh, okay, like, we're doing this, and it goes different, it has different sounds to it, but it's so together, you know, every song sounds so just unique in its own right, while also keeping that same feel. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It has that same theme all throughout. It's like kind of very like electronic in a sense. Yeah. It has a lot of like, um, it's very synthy. Mm-hmm. He, aban- uh, he abandoned the use of electric guitars for the whole album. Yeah. And Damn. basically went to a mini Moog synthesizer for everything. Damn. Which is really cool. Yeah. Which is really cool. I wonder how it must have been then because like, I mean, I don't, I don't know if he was using like a beat machine or what he was using mm-hmm. like as far as like a sound table goes, but... This came out pretty early. 1979, yeah. Yeah. So for that, like to be like for him doing this, it was a huge influence for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And especially that scene, like the electronic music. Like I was 
I was digging into some of his like catalog and some of his like accolades and he's like kind of seen as a pioneer as like electronic music mm -hmm. yeah definitely. this was really like big for that kind of like movement mm -hmm. and yeah very elaborate album even the stage show that he had when he went on tour was like two moving pyramids and like neon lights and this whole production behind yeah. it so he was part of him for a long time yeah a long time. Really I can imagine why because it's it's like and it's so this is something that I kind of noticed about it I by the time I got to Cars, which is we the, all know that song exactly. Mm -hmm. Like I recognized that song, and I was like, "Oh, like I had heard this before." Like Matt used to pay, play this at work, and I was like, "Yeah, this like I remember this song." But but out like separated from that track, mm -hmm. it's very rare and honestly really fucking cool when an album or an artist makes music that you've never heard but sounds familiar. You know what I mean? And not like, mm -hmm. not like it makes you think of, of a different artist, you know, but to where it's like, it's that good, mm -hmm. you know, it's that well made to where you're like, oh, this like, this feels familiar. Like it evoked something in me. I was like, why does this feel so familiar? Mm -hmm. You know, but I've yeah. never heard this whole project. It's, it's cool. Cause like hearing it even now, I could feel like it could very well sound like something that was made like yesterday exactly like recently like that's probably why i felt it was that ahead way. of its time like mm -hmm. it's crazy how he would he did this and it was like s such a crazy like thing that he was doing it was so out of like the ordinary mm -hmm. very mm -hmm. different um very different a lot of uh it was funny because when i was hearing this i hadn't heard of cars mm -hmm. on this album until i heard uh observer Okay. It sounds just like Cars. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I was like, I literally said out loud when I was listening to it, I was like, oh, this sounds like that one song. I don't mm -hmm. know the lyrics to it. And then like two or three songs later, it comes up. I was like, oh shit. Like, <laughs> he did this song too? <laughs> like, <laughs> made sense. That's right. Really cool. Yeah, man, this album was really good. I really liked it. Yeah. The song Films is also an inspiration for a lot of early hip hop. I'm not sure mm -hmm. if it's the beats or mm -hmm. a lot of the instrumentation used in that song, but Africa Bambata, early hip hop artist, uh, Kanye West, uh, mm -hmm. recites him for his 808 album. Yeah. So, you know, he he influenced a lot of people that we love, which is yeah. really cool to hear. And that's, it's one of those things, you know, kind of like when we went and listened, when we had uh, talked about Brian Eno mm -hmm. on, on this yeah. show is we going back and hearing something that everyone cites as kind of an inspiration mm -hmm. for stuff is like it's like oh all of this makes so much more fucking sense you know yeah. and but goddamn, it's like all of these songs are so catchy but like you know how sometimes a song's catchy but it's not great mm -hmm. you know but it's like these are catchy in a good way because it's like like uh, metal that song mm -hmm. like that gr driving bass line on it is mm -hmm. just so nice and it's like yeah man I found myself just sitting there listening to it and being like golly and just sitting there like oh getting mm -hmm. to it because it's it has that super like no shit this came out in 1979 mm -hmm. you know like it has that very early 80s kind of sound to mm -hmm. it but it also does sound like something that could have came out two years ago mm -hmm. but it's timeless like this is timeless shit, you know. Yeah, a lot of his a lot of his stuff I feel like does sound kind of similar, mm -hmm. but he switches it up. Like he'll throw in something like just kind of like jumps out at you. Um, one song that really caught me off. I was telling you about this um, Asylum. Yep. 
Mm-hmm. That song is really cool. It's like creepy. Sw- yeah, it's like really mm-hmm. eerie, like really kind of like spooky. Like mm-hmm. it, when I heard it, it I was like, I was like, what bit, the yeah. fuck? Like yeah. I was like, this like kind of sounds very different to the album. Yeah, and I like, don't know why he did that. I don't, like it just kind of like threw in something that like threw in a spice that like yeah mixed into it. Yeah, like you were but saying it was like kind of out of the album there. sounds very similar in the instrumentation and the beats he used, and even mm-hmm. the songwriting is very like how technology is and where it's going to take us. I think is yeah, like you can mm-hmm. hear that a lot in there. And Asylum threw me for a goddamn loop because by the time I got to it, you know, I was like sitting there just like, you know, just like that. That's like the energy of it. Like Cars is the most famous song off this album for good reason, because it's like Mm -hmm. the perfect uh, representation of all of the sounds on this album, except for fucking Asylum. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so I'm sitting there riding that kind of like driving, you know, music. And then it gets to that heavy like intro to where it's just like boom and then that eerie ass piano just starts coming in and i was like this morning i was listening to it again and it's scared it's like yeah. every time i've listened to this it's like oh my god like yeah and it was like hella early this morning i'm just alone in my living room listening to this and then i was like oh i forgot i should have yeah. looked at what track i was on. <laughs> like, <laughs> like what's going on but goddamn dude great pick gary newman is unreal yeah, I don't know if you guys had. There was some live tracks on the end of the album. Yeah, yeah. The on Broadway. That's just funny because it's mm-hmm. like a Broadway track. Or yeah. Like, Remember I was vapor. Yeah. That's a fun song. Too. I liked. It slows I, it down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That one, I, I had listened to it and realized I was like, oh, these are like live tracks. But I, out of all of them, I, I was like, I, I liked Remember I Was Vapor mm-hmm. a lot. That was a good track. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like it when you know we cover an album that's older you know like 1979 because you know it was released on vinyl and then you get like the what's on spotify now to where it's like the cd edition Mm -hmm. you get like the little extra peppers Mm -hmm. like you know those tracks i was Mm -hmm. like man i'm glad that they put this on spotify because i probably never would have heard right remember i was vapor because i I did really like that track Mm -hmm. yeah a lot of a lot of this album and it's i don't know how i hadn't heard of it but I had, but like, just didn't know of the artist, mm-hmm. right? Because um, everyone heard, uh, everyone has heard of Cars, sure. And if they know Gary Newman, that's probably I'd say the song that they know of him. Mm-hmm. Um, but just that whole album, like, it's kind of seen as his like his better album, right? Because a lot of the songs on they had those like, more popular albums. Yeah, they had sure. all they always had that same like structure of like electronic. And yeah, I probably would have never it. stumbled upon him unless I was a Nine Inch Nails fan. And, I, you know, I love Trent Reznor and Nine Inch Nails. And there was a EP that, or not an EP, but more of like a compilation that Nine Inch Nails did called Things Falling Apart, where they did a cover of the song Metal. Really? It's, it's so good. Oh, Is it? so good. He like, I like yeah, I really Trent like uses the song Metal and then Me. Some of the different Me's uh, really beats, good, too. Different, different beats in that song. Dang. And so I was like, fuck, this is good. So I was like, Gary Newman. And so I found this album. I was like, holy shit. What is this? And <laughs> no. Obviously, it's a huge inspiration for Trent Reznor and Nine Nails. Yeah, and the sound, you know, so you're just like, wow. But You'll check have out to... check out that version, dude. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to because those are like two. Yeah, those <laughs> like... are two really good songs. At the beginning of the <laughs> yes. and he uses like some of the beats from the end of me and the yeah, it's just so good. Oh and, my you god, know, you guys check it out. <laughs> that fun. sounds killer. It's fun. You know, I had the chance to meet him at a show, you know, and spend a couple hours with him before the show and talk to him and be like, hey, you know. This is why I like you, you know. Mm-hmm. And he was just talking to me like a real person. It wasn't that's, fake. It wasn't like rushed. It was very casual. Um, that's one cool. of the most memorable experiences of my life for sure. That's yeah. that's pretty rad. That's really cool. That's badass. And that's that's like the best part too when you meet someone that you like look up to and they're 
just so human. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not really like kind of like stuck up or whatever. Exactly. I was they're... expecting that rock star persona or that arrogance, and it was yeah. nothing like that at all. It was just like Dang. talking to you guys. It was yeah. Really casual. So yeah. that's really cool. Mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's really unique how he like this album. It's it was his debut album, mm-hmm. um, and for him to come out with like such a bang and it's still like influencing a lot of people mm-hmm. and it has like that made really good albums too decades later yeah like yeah. It, it really shows like the test of time that the album has mm-hmm. and it's like it's kind of earned like that classical status especially mm-hmm. in the electronic like yeah. I, had, sure. I had not known that this was like the pioneer of electronic but I could see how it makes sense because mm-hmm. a lot of it has kind of that same feel of all the electronic that he was doing on it definitely yeah mm-hmm. damn do we want to do top three because <laughs> i don't know like yeah, it's gonna be tough for real i'll start it off all right my, my favorite song on the album is me yeah mechanical yes. engineering is what it stands for i guess oh okay i was wondering like yeah. i i was like that was one thing i forgot to look up but. i think it's because it's so catchy and it's just so like it it's just up an uplifting song for that mm-hmm. album I'll yeah. Be, not that the songs are like down or like depressing, but it's just like one of the more upbeat songs of that album. Yeah. Uh, films for the obviously the influence it had on hip hop, uh, metal, and then honorable mention uh, just from the CD track. Remember, I was vapor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good shit. Dang. Uh, number three for me was conversation. I really liked conversation, uh, and it flowed really well into films, in my opinion. Or no, no wait, what was it? Uh, cars. It was a good. It was a good setup to cars, in my opinion. Uh, cars is on, is my honorable mention. Someone had to do that. Uh, uh, number two was Observer, because it did have you know. I felt like from Observer up until Cars, it was kind of like a good three. You know, it was like a good span of tracks mm-hmm. for the album. And then number one was Metal. I don't know. Just yes. like. <laughs> that that song dude it's like just the bass line in it is so nice and it's just thumpy like the way it was mastered was just perfect mm-hmm. and I uh, yeah metal it's just great it's fucking metal dude like Marilyn yeah. into that song and just like <laughs> yeah exactly like, yeah. <laughs> yeah dude it's, it's so catchy <laughs> I was like oh damn alright yeah it is Airlane into metal is a great transition too yeah man it's if I, I'm gonna go honorable first, I'm gonna go um, asylum just because that yeah. threw, me off, threw me off, dude. Every I was time, like, what the fuck? W- would that be his last song on the album? I then? believe so. That's that's a crazy mm-hmm. like finisher. Um, and then if I'm going into a top three, I'm gonna go um, me. Um, I like films, and then metal. I fucking love metal yeah the first like the whole album but like the first like five tracks are like the cream of the crop to me like that's yeah. so good it's such yeah, a the good transition intro. from each one just flawless yeah it's yeah it flows really well yeah and the really cool thing about the album is that not that this is the original album cover but the original album cover was based off a surrealist painting called the pleasure principle by an artist named rennie marguerite no shit um not sure exactly when the painting was done, but when you look at them, they are very similar. I think mm-hmm. the original has someone looking at a rock. Gary Newman's looking at like some prison pyramids. So yeah, kind of a futuristic feel. That's wild, yeah. and it kind of makes sense that it's a surrealist painter because this album has that surreal feel to it. You mm-hmm. know, 
and it kind of makes you think of like when you're sitting there and just listening to it it's like the mental imagery you get just from like the instrumentation is very surreal you know it reminds you of like you know uh an ernst painting or a dolly painting so the fact that it was one the painting was called pleasure principle and it was (laughs) kind of adapted from that is really fucking cool yeah i like the the colors of the album too yeah specifically that pyramid Mm -hmm. yeah it's like very bright and glowing from like the innards of it that little little peak um and he's like wearing a full suit with like yeah and he just looks like he's just gone through some shit and he's staring (laughs) at it he's like what the fuck yeah but that's awesome i'll have to have you send me that so that way i can put both of them up yeah well good i'm glad you guys liked it yeah (laughs) that was fantastic and what was fantastic was the pleasure principle by gary newman which was Matt's pick for this week. We'll be getting in to Jake's pick next. Yeah. Well, it's time to dive into Jake's for this week. Yes, sir. What do you got for us, man? Uh, so this week, Kanye West, graduation. Ugh. Damn. Here we go again. Common passed on his beat. I made it to a jam. Everything I'm not made me everything I am. Here we go again. People talking shit, but when the shit hit the fan, everything I'm not made me everything I am. I never be picture perfect Beyonce. Be light as Al, be your black ass Chauncey. Remember him from Black Street? He was black as the street was. I never be laid back as his beat was. I never could see why people are reach up. Fake ass facade that they couldn't keep up. Um, yeah, it's uh, his third album that he made. Um, it's Yeah, it's one of my favorites. I think it's my favorite. I could say it's my favorite. Yeah. yeah I could say it's my favorite. I, I, I love Kanye's early stuff. Um, this one's one of my favorite. This album came out in 2007. Um, what a great year um, for music, especially. But yeah, this uh, it really kind of, I guess, opened up because he would, Kanye was already massive at this point. Um, but it really like cemented him as being like a great, like yeah, and being. 2000s like face of hip-hop like you could say face of like pop like hip-hop mm-hmm. um yeah it's really good album but uh what what y'all stopped uh well it's the album that killed gangster rap great point i like that oh, yeah i'm gonna bring that up but that's a great point there's and the reason i say that is because one it's if you think about it it's fucking true and two there's a great there's a great article titled The Day Kanye West Killed Gangster Rap. And it's this music journalist uh, from that era. I cannot remember his name, and that's killing me right now. But I'll send I'll send the article to y'all. But it's this guy, this music journalist, was at uh, a party when Kanye found out that this went number one on the Billboard charts. And he said it was like everything that happened at the party he was like literally sitting there playing champion and like getting held up by like several like people were like holding him up and he was just sitting there and it was just like an electric environment and he said he's like that's when i realized that like hip-hop was about to start a whole new wave of shit and this was like the jumping off point for it and Mm -hmm. the article's great and then you go back and you kind of listen because i think 50 cent had just uh put out an album 
after I think it was after Get Rich or Die Trying that 50 Cent had put out and then he put out another album that was competing with Graduation and this just blew what I can't even remember that album that's how much it blew it out yeah, of the water everything yeah and everything. dude and it was like Stronger was all over the radio which was yep. massive for Kanye at the time getting massive radio play like that and but goddamn, dude you want to talk about a damn near perfect album this mm-hmm. is a prime example of that mm-hmm. um i it's one of my albums if you ever say you're on a desert island you have three albums to listen to for the rest of your life graduation is one of them yeah like you said it, it you know paved the way for other artists hip-hop artists that didn't want to conform to the gangster rap style mm-hmm. and it just set the bar and anybody can do what they wanted you know and be themselves mm-hmm. you know, we, we have a lot of other artists that came out after that they're just great but they're mm-hmm. doing their own thing this is my first introduction to kanye and to have this album be that it's perfect. Yeah. Like you guys said, there's not a bad track on this. No. So many good samples. I mean, Good Life, he chipmunks the fuck out of PYT by Michael Jensen. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah. It's a great mm-hmm. song. And the lyricism throughout this whole album is just, it's unique, you know? Mm-hmm. He's not arrogant. He's just speaking from the heart, and it's it's just fun. He's got some great, uh, you got most Def on the album. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. pretty cool to hear. Um, yeah. Some other guest artists, too, which is fun. I loved it. Yeah. yeah. T Pain yeah. on the Good Life. Yeah, that's that's just like such a. It's almost it almost it's like uh, a two thousands thing to have. It but is it works so well. It dude. does, and it almost throws you off because the rest of the album you're like, uh, there's like a certain tone to it, and then you get the Good Life, and it's like, oh, this was like definitely the one trying to be a radio hit, but it's mm-hmm. still fantastic in its own right. Yeah. And then, uh, I hadn't. I hadn't listened to Big Brother in a in a while, yeah. and then I heard it, and literally, I kept playing that song one day, and then we hopped in an Xbox party last night, and Jacob's just like, my big brother was Big's brother, and I was like, god damn it, Jacob. I was like, I've been singing that all week, bro. Like, was hip-hop, bro. Yeah. <laughs> dude, there's just so many good things, and then, uh, you know, every time I hear someone say it, everything i am or you know every time someone alludes to any lyric and everything i am i'm like common pass on this beat i yeah. made it to a jam yeah. <laughs> like it's just there are so like it's so fucking rare that someone puts out an album and every single track on it is iconic in its own right yeah everything is so quotable mm-hmm. every song on this has like a quotable like lyric either that be the chorus either that be a bar whatever it is um and this was such a big album, dude. Mm-hmm. It was massive. It got massive radio play. Mm-hmm. I still remember seeing on TV, like, uh, Stronger. Yeah. And Kanye wearing those fucking glasses. The shutter shades, and dude. everybody was getting shutter shades. And yeah. everyone was wearing them. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. It's This really, like, was a massive album for Kanye and for hip-hop, especially because it was very mainstream. Um, and it kind of now that you mentioned that, that's very true. It like kind of killed off that gangster rap vibe. Yeah, that's it. Like was not popular for the longest time, and I mean, even even still to this day, it it kind of has still died off. You know, there's some artists that'll come out talking about you know, the heavy shit about how they came up or whatever. You know, uh, Boldy James, for example. You know, talking about wheeling and dealing. But it's not like as 
blatant in your face this is what we're talking it's like more alluding to it you know and it made in my opinion modern like the rap era at the time like rap music at the time was on track to just become blatant in your face aggressive gangster rap and 50 cent really showed up exactly and like i love 50 cent i'm not trying i'm not trying to shit on him at all fantastic fucking album uh his like, albums that he was doing, they were super good. So, but this was very different to mm-hmm. that, what he was doing. And it kind of encouraged people to like, hey, like you said, you can rap about whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And it also kind of turned it from being, you know, talking about hard shit to becoming more of an art form, which is mm-hmm. wild to think about because rap music had its spawn in the 90s. You know, it had its great run in the 90s and then it kind of died off for a minute. And then it came back full force. And that's why, you know, people like you and me that are, you know, not weren't around to appreciate, you know, Tribe Called Quest, Biggie, Tupac have listened to everything that's come out in our generation and gone back and listened to stuff, you know, and, and you know, shit like De La Soul as well mm-hmm. is because Kanye said, hey, rap music can be artistic and it can be meaningful and it can be just it can be art. Yeah. And that was fucking insane to to the time you know and everything about this album is like very masterful Mm -hmm. not only from the production like the beats but like the mastering on it the engineering on it it sounds like so crisp Mm -hmm. so nice um all the beats on it too um you know kanye production there's a uh, DJ Premier song on there where it has my probably my favorite DJ Premier track. Yeah, I'm just not gonna that lie. piano beat mm-hmm. that is an iconic be- piano beat. And then um, his what what yeah his, just, the record scratch the scratches dude. This whole album man it's it's a lot of like all the songs on it are really good. Um, the only regrets that I do have about it is the most death songs on it because he's on two tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, Drunken hot girls. Drunken Hot Girls might be that the worst Kanye yeah. song ever, ever made. Just yeah, say that, that song, eh, yeah. I don't know how Kanye feels about it. I imagine he probably regrets it. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, but it's, it, and it's something hilarious about, about that song is every person who you meet that's like a huge Kanye fan, if you ask them, like, if you just say Drunken Hot Girls, if you say like, Drunken Hot Girls, they're like, worst song you ever made. Yeah. And you're like, all right, <laughs> moving on. Yeah. Like, but But, i mean to have that miss i mean it's a hard ass miss but hey man 99 percent is if you're shooting 99 percent that's that's mvp Mm. status you know (laughs) like it's true true. yeah yeah a lot of a lot of this um kanye he his first two albums and his first album his debut album were super good and it really showed that you could have that duo, that producer, that rapper combo, mm-hmm. an artist. Um, and that's why, like, initially he wasn't really, like, viewed as, like, you know, like... He wasn't taken seriously He wasn't, all. no. Yeah, he was, like, the underdog. He mm-hmm. wasn't really... It was really hard for him to get a deal. Um, he got laughed out of fucking... Uh, what studio was it? He got laughed out of like this record studio because he was just sitting there trying to play stuff off his first album. And it they show it in the documentary, the genius documentary on Netflix. They show it and it like makes you fucking sad because you're listening to this song that's like so massive now and everyone's just like, Yeah, Kanye, like 
I got work to do, man. Mm. And meanwhile, he's playing a song that would end up becoming one of the biggest tracks of like the past of at that point, the past five years. Yeah. And because it was it was so alien, you know, to have it was yeah. You didn't have that producer that made beats and also rapped on them. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, that never really happened, and he was the pioneer for that. Yeah. Um, he was, like, the first one that got really big, that got signed to a major label. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once that happened, it just took, took off. off. Like, he yeah. did not look back. Yeah. And that's kind of why, like, a lot of people, like, there's some people that are, like, really big diehard fans of mm-hmm. Kanye and some that, you know, don't like him. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of that is due, not specifically to his music, but more to like his personality. So the, yeah. media, the media puts that out there, like he's just yeah. He's, not, yeah, he's not good, he's not cool. But yeah, unless you take the time to listen to him, you're like, yeah, yeah you don't know. You don't and know and it's something like one of my favorite terms ever, and I say it all the time, is separating the artist from the art. Mm. You know, you have to, like, you know, you can appreciate someone's art even if they're not that great of a person. Mm-hmm. You know. And it's it's like you and I have talked about how Marilyn Manson made some good music back in the day. He's a fucking scumbag mm-hmm. now. So it's like it, it's like nowadays it's like because of how much of a fucking scumbag he is. It like it's hard for me to listen to his music. But goddamn, sometimes I just need it. And Kanye West, like I get so I have gotten so much fucking shit in my life for being such a huge Kanye fan. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. He's got like some wires crossed in his brain but have you listened to his goddamn music because he doesn't portray any of that in it and it's just he got this way because like or you know whatever it was the half of it is he's trying to get a rise out of people like he's exactly to think, think outside the box don't conform to everything that's yeah what, that's what i picked up from listening to some of his interviews he's like wake up yeah yeah because he's like yeah basically like stop trying to be a cookie cutter mm-hmm. kind of mold and outside of that like like when when i first walked in here today we started talking about kanye and like how you know his first three albums are great but the rest of his discography is fantastic as well and it's he's the perfect example of an artist branching out and trying new things but still staying true to form you know from college dropout to fucking donda like there's Mm -hmm. stuff there's stuff on donda life of pablo Oh, yay yeah. that I'm like that I'm like oh this is classic yay yeah. like this is totally him you know and a lot of people think yeah. of that like his newer stuff it's not what his older stuff was but he's still branching out but he makes it work mm-hmm. and he and it works cause he's putting still his same like feeling to it um, a lot of his newer stuff too Life of Pablo um, Dark Twisted Fantasy those oh. albums they have still that like resonance of yeah. Kanye. And I think leading up to this album, or even during the making of it, he was touring with U2 and uh, Rolling Stones. He'd go on stage and watch Bono just light up the crowd. Mm-hmm. So that's where that stadium status kind of comes into effect, because he wanted to be that guy. And yeah. He mm-hmm. a stadium status tour, and that's, I think this album cemented him in that way. Yeah. I think he's an observer. He yeah. watches, and he, he was able to watch these huge musical icons, Rolling Stones, if you're a fan or not, they're huge. YouTube, yeah. and to watch that and to sit back and watch that, he just mm-hmm. soaked it all in. And he did his own thing. He did, yeah. And and I, that is a fucking fantastic point because you listen to even this album and 
any that came out after it and you can tell he's just a sponge Mm -hmm. for musical influence you know like we talked about gary newman being a Mm -hmm. an influence for him which makes sense Mm -hmm. you know and being able to take all of that and you know there's so much soul vibe funk influence Mm -hmm. in his music whether it's his beats or his rapping but yeah he is a musical sponge and he has He's one of the best. He's in this next generation of Mount Rushmore. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. 100%. One, of, one of the lyrics I like is, I wonder, now that you guys are mentioning that, because like, he is a sponge and he keep, mm-hmm. he like takes it all in. And you could kind of see like why his outbreaks, like he kind of has these moments where he's like, you know, thinking outside the box. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the lyrics that I always think about, that always, you know, uh, on, on I Wonder, he's like, uh, he's like, Heaven will, uh, heaven will watch God calling from hot, from the hotlines. Why he give, why he keep giving me hotlines? I'm a star. How could I not shine? Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. he he knows at this point he's like super big, yeah. super massive. Mm-hmm. The stuff that he's rapping about sometimes he's um, he kind of comes off arrogant at times. Mm-hmm. But he's like he's at the top of the world. Like right. he could say whatever he could do what he could what he wants at this point. Like he's so massive. Mm-hmm. Um, he has the spotlight of everybody, mm-hmm. um, and that's why when he made this album, like it is always regarded as one of his better ones. Because mm-hmm. at the time, like he had a crazy three run, like for the albums, right? And even at this time in two thousand seven, I think back to then in hip hop, I'm like, there was nothing that sounded exactly like this was so unique to come out, and it's just like, fuck, why did I wait so long? To <laughs> right seriously thank you jacob for introducing me i appreciate it dude it was there man it was there like the fact that like because a lot of people still haven't like there's a lot of people Mm -hmm. a lot of the same opinion that i had for so long and it's it's because you listen to the tv and the media the 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 opinions that some people have and you're just like oh this guy's not not worth listening to it's it's stupid it's ignorant and i'll never feel that way about an artist again after this episode damn Thank you. That's fucking legit. And Jacob, I ought to flick you in the side of the neck for not finishing that line. Because the way that that line goes after that (laughs) is how many ladies in the house? How many ladies in the spouse without a blouse? Something in your blouse got me feeling so aroused. And that is the the most iconic shit, dude. Every every time I hear that, I just... That was the last thing that stopped when I pulled up to Jacob. (laughs) Something in your blouse got me feeling so aroused. Like, it's just... uh, Did he say aroused? Yeah. It's like, did he mispronounce that on purpose? That's fucking fire. Oh, yeah. my God. But I feel like we could keep... Uh, one thing I wanted to bring up, for sure. <laughs> yeah, the, no. Uh, the, co- the album cover. Just the artwork. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget what uh, what artist it is. It's a Japanese um, artist. Yeah, it's a Japanese mm-hmm. art- artist. Um, and all of his stuff and all his other work that he's done, it like really ties into that. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he made that for this album for Kanye... Um, it's really cool. It's, yeah, you can look into it, and there's a lot of detail into it. Like it's the perfect album. Yeah, the little bling album. Yeah, 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 it's really cool. It's, really cool. it's like kind of launching off of like that weird like face stadium status. Thing. Maybe he's launching yeah. off. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, you want to start off with top threes then? Because I could, I could honestly, you and I, yeah. like, we could have just dedicated a whole hour to this. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> If I had to go a top three, that's really hard. It's changing like every time. Cause every time that I listen to this, I 
the song that I'm listening to becomes my favorite song. Exactly. <laughs> I had to literally listen to it and just have my pen in my hand and just go through the track list. And every time I heard one that I just absolutely loved that day, like to this morning, I was like, all right, that's number three. And that, and that. Yeah. Like, if I'm going, um, everything I am. Yep. I like that one. That'll always be one of my favorite songs, um, just because that premiere beat. And Kanye knows it's a premiere beat, so he's like, I won't go off. <laughs> um, the Glory. Um, the Glory is really good. Um, I want to say Champion or I Wonder. Damn, uh, I wonder. But all of these songs, man, every song on this album, it doesn't miss. Um, definitely Eichel's into any song and play it front back to front front yeah. to back and like every second of it same yeah I mean I kind of did something super cliche the day I graduated from high school I started my my alarm that day was good morning because I was like I'm graduating I'm going to listen to all of graduation throughout today you know nice. I was like fuck it so I started with good morning and I listened to the whole thing and at that point I was already a massive fan uh, but I just figured I'd throw that in there because of the title That's I was cool. like I was like why not yeah and I actually got one of my other homies to do it too like two years later one of my younger friends uh, but number three flashing lights um, just that song you can tell that it's just like from Kanye saying I've been waiting on this my whole life like there's just that song gets me um, like for some reason it just strikes a chord with me that I'm like yeah like I got if I'm playing this when I'm down or happy like that song it's it's fantastic and the number two everything I am mm -hmm. fantastic and then number one I wonder just fantastic if you know what, what it means <laughs> yeah uh, three, two, one for me. Uh, three would be champion. Great song. Mm -hmm. uh, two would be I wonder. Mm -hmm. uh, number one would be everything I am. And then my honorable mention is Good Night. It's a good way. Yeah. To end. And that album was just a great most F collab. And just yeah. Yeah. Good Night was great. It's a good one. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm glad that we could finally talk about Kanye. Yeah. Because we. This should have come up earlier. It should have. It honestly, like, I'm glad you waited till I got on board. Yeah, <laughs> and that was that was kind of mine. And like last week when Jacob introduced this, I I knew he was going to because we were talking. Because he was like, uh, you know what I've been listening to a lot lately. I was like, what? He's like, graduation. I was like, honestly, we're a couple of fucking pricks for yeah. not bringing that up yet on yeah. a podcast about albums. Like, yeah. <laughs> Like, how, how have we not talked about any right. yet? And I own, <laughs> I own three. Right? <laughs> like, I'm like, what are we doing? Like, uh, is this even a music book? Yeah, I was like, dude, we're, I was like, we're shit in the bed. And he's like, yeah. he's like, I think I'm going to. And I was like, I'm, honestly, I'm expecting you to at this point. <laughs> so he did. But uh, anyway, at long last, that was Graduation by Kanye West, which was Jacob's pick. For this week, we'll be yeah. back to talk about mine. All right. Definitely gotta bring them up. Though. For the third and final album of this week's episode, we're going with my pick for this week: "Follow the Leader" by Corn.
released in 1998. Elote. Elote. <laughs> <laughs> Maiz. Maiz, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> released in 1998. Uh, in my opinion, their best album that they put out uh, was really their... They were, like, their first album kind of projected them into the mainstream a little bit. But as far as, like, kind of just it really started chunking out the path for the new metal movement of the late, the mid to late nineties. Uh, and this album really was like another, you know, kind of addition to that. And it's a staple of that era in metal music. Uh, obviously one of my favorite albums, I've loved it since I was fucking 12 years old. Uh, but what do y'all got to say about it? I'll build off on what you just said about being a staple, like mm-hmm. for that scene, the new metal scene from the late nineties. Yeah. I mean, this is the album that sums it up. You know, it's it's got the heaviness, it's got the slowness. It's not, you know, it's not Limp Bizkit, which I like. Mm-hmm. It's very heavy, and yeah, oriented. Um, they toured with Incubus when this album came out, which is cool. Mm-hmm. You know, That's kind really of the same cool. vibes, kind of the same sound. Um, and I like Jonathan Davis's vocal. Yeah, he's got a unique vocal that can go anywhere as far as the range goes. He's got the high, he's got the low. Yeah, yeah, and his like his cleans versus his like scream vocals are top notch Mm -hmm. because he keeps like you know usually if a vocalist has a clean vocal that's like they use you know like a clean sound and then they do like a scream Mm -hmm. there's a huge disconnect like it almost sounds like two different people which is why it's such a like why i appreciate that kind of thing so much Mm -hmm. but i love jonathan davis's so much more because it's like he does those screams and he's got like it sounds like him you know, it's like that's him. Some of the things I was reading yeah. about his vocal style too, and even some of the things that he did with in the studio when this album was being made. Like the producer for this album was somebody different than the first two albums. But yeah, that, that same producer came into the record studio with him mm-hmm. and would go into the vocal booth with Jonathan and just kind of agitate him and throw him off. And I read a story that he would like punch him in the kidneys, like in the back, while yeah. he's singing. To get a different reaction out of him, it's like, Dang. damn, yeah. <laughs> well, that's metal. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, to kind of touch on that and to kind of make a callback to one of our previous episodes, the producer you were mentioning was Ross Robinson, who mm-hmm. apparently is kind of known for that sort of behavior with musicians. If you remember, because he did the first two Corn albums, uh, the self-titled and Life Is Peachy, and then he did. The first two Slipknot albums, the self-titled in Iowa, and when we covered uh, the first Slipknot album, Ross Robinson obviously was the producer, and he would do the same thing to Joey Jordison, their drummer, and he would throw fucking potted plants at him while Joey was playing, what? just to try to like to try to throw him off and piss him off, and so he was throwing like potted plants and like drinks at his head what? while he was sitting there drumming just to get like different reactions reaction, and sounds yeah. out of him. So that I missed that when I was looking this up. That's fuck. This guy's just known for being a prick in the studio, and I kind of fuck with that. I'm actually kind of a fan because two of my favorite albums was this guy just being a shitbird to two of my favorite artists. That's legit. Throwing kidney punches in the vocal booth. Can you imagine? Yeah, I'm I'm sitting there when you when you said I was like, God. Can you imagine? Like, yeah, that I pissed me off. I can't imagine that. Yeah, I'd you know. swing back. Like, yeah. <laughs> I did also Dang. read that the 
the production, the recording in the studio was pretty decadent and very, you know, rock starish for what, what what went on. Lots of lots of women, lots of drugs, lots, lots of, of things booze going on. Yeah, uh, recording the song and the vocals for "It's On." Apparently, that's that title just "It's On." That's what was going on in the studio with everybody. Yeah, he, and Jonathan Davis is trying to do his vocals and just like, all right, all right, yeah, <laughs> it was. <laughs> I so funny enough, I had not heard of any corn songs mm-hmm. any of their music right i was very aware of them yeah of like corn but i just hear of like this the like the album or like the the artist name the band mm-hmm. name and i was kind of put off by it um i don't know why it sounded corny no pun intended yeah um it sounded kind of like lame i was like corn i was like oh that maybe not for me but if i would have gone into this if i would have heard of this damn dude it's really good it's really good, very big for the metal movement. Um, I was a huge System fan, mm-hmm. um, so if I would have heard this, like even a song of this, I would have, I would have snapped into it like mm-hmm. real quick. Um, but yeah, a lot of this, um, it won a couple awards too. I was looking at it, um, yeah. Like I was looking at online some of some of the info on it, um, like a couple Grammys I think, and some yeah. other like big awards. Um, and like ceremonies, and then they cut onto the pop culture side with South Park being that Halloween episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, great the, episode. Yeah, Nibble yeah, it. yeah. <laughs> yeah it, was, it was big in MTV too. Apparently, mm-hmm. like a lot of big, like MTV um, music videos, and their music videos were some of the first to be retired by MTV when mm-hmm. they started like you know discontinuing videos and doing the reality bullshit. Yeah, yeah, it's it's insane, dude. And I thank you for bringing this up. I was. Like, Ignorance is Bliss, dude. Ignorance is Bliss. Like, I had not known of this yeah. album, mm-hmm. of this group, and goddamn, it really opened up my eyes to it. Yeah, it's, I'm glad that you liked it. I was like, Jacob's like, I was like, I don't know. Like, Bro. I was like, the thing. You know, I'm like a big, like, system fan, like, yeah. growth, like all this. And also, the thing that kind of made me want to bring it up, I was like, all right, so I know Jacob likes, you know, system. He liked Tool. He liked Primus, which was a cur- which was news to me and then i was like the thing that'll that i'm interested to see is like how almost rap rapping this album tends to get with and that's just jonathan davis's vocal style is you know he kind of does like kind of speed it up and go a little rappy at times it sounds like it yeah and even some of the songs it's uh like very heavy like it's on it Mm -hmm. really like packs a punch for the intro track yeah um it's like right in your face with the vocals with the the guitars and everything um one of my favorite songs for sure my top three justin oh that song is so badass dude Dude. so fucking badass and that's like one of their like fan favorite songs that like didn't get huge is justin so i'm glad that you like that yeah That, that fucking song but yeah, the, it's cool that it has a uh, Fred Durst on it, mm-hmm. uh, Slim Kid from Far Side, like yeah, Ice Cube, Ice Cube, yeah, fun. yeah. So, a couple things just about like you mentioned the touring of them touring with Incubus when this album came out it was 19, 1998, has Limp Biscuit on or Fred Durst from Limp Biscuit on it. Uh, they decided to start doing what was called the Family Values tour, mm-hmm. which they did in ninety eight and ninety nine. The first one had Ice Cube, Incubus, Limp Biscuit, Corn was going to have Rob Zombie on it, but there was like some weird like drama between the two parties. And so it had them. Those were like the main headlining acts. And then they had some 
other like small bands just locally and it ended up having so much success that they did it in 99 like i said and then in like 02 03 and then again in 2007 Damn. and both corn and limp biscuit played at woodstock 99 which was an absolute mm-hmm. fucking shit show and both of their shows like in the newest woodstock 99 documentary that i that you and i have watched and talked about and that was like a reintroduction for me to corn after seeing that performance like, yeah fucking a dude yeah they show snippets of corn and limp biscuit set and they both fucking killed it and Corn was night one, and so it set the tone for what would become this absolute fucking nightmare of a festival. Mm-hmm. And also, another cool thing about that doc is that Jonathan Davis talks throughout it. Mm-hmm. They interview him like forever. Like, there's three episodes, and he talks in each one about it. And it was really. I've been slacking. I still haven't seen that. Dude, now that you've watched, now that you've listened to Corn, now you got to because mm-hmm. the singer Jonathan Davis is in it the entire time. I have to, yeah. Yeah. But. Dang. Yeah, like Ice Cube toured with them after this because of the song Children of the Corn, which is fucking rad. Uh, And honestly, in my opinion, the first, like, I love the first, like, seven tracks off of this album. Literally from It's On to, like, All in the Family and, like, the dude, it's, like, top to back. But, like, you listen, it's like you're just getting punched in the nose for seven tracks those first mm-hmm. seven songs are just like bang 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 it's like jesus christ yeah. like <laughs> but i'm so glad you guys like this <laughs> yeah when i have to get pumped up like whatever it is i let like i sent you like uh, a message like i think it was monday or tuesday or something when i was like just out of the gym yeah <laughs> and i listened to this whole album and I, I had, like, the sickest workout like, ever. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, it was just whenever I needed to get pumped for whatever, just it's on was just in your face, like, the whole time. Um, and yeah, I like man, the slow build to that song, too, because yeah. it's the start of the album, so it's, like, kind of the music kind of gradually comes, like, becomes louder, and then yeah. by the end of it, it's just... Da-da! Yeah, but... Man... It's a great album for sure. I'll I'll definitely look out for this. Um, mm-hmm. That album cover too. I wanted to bring that up. It's yeah. really fucking cool. Yeah, uh, I forgot to bring it up. Thank you for mentioning it. So I'm wearing a shirt, kind of alluding to this. Uh, the album cover was done by Todd McFarlane, who was the creator and illustrator for Spawn. So he was like. I don't know, like, Jonathan Davis is friends with a lot of different artists, like H.R. Geiger, who uh, did his microphone stand now that he uses, and it's, like, a naked chick with, like, long hair, and it's a sculpture by a really famous artist named H.R. Geiger. So him being in the art scene, he approached Todd McFarlane, because he was a fan of the Spawn comics, to make uh, that album cover. And he did that, and did the animation for the Freak on a Leash music video. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Great, yeah. great song, too. Yeah. Great song. Iconic. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he was... And it was funny because while that was going on, Todd McFarlane was working on the Spawn animated series. So it was kind of like, if you watch that and you watch the Spawn animated series, you can kind of see the very... It's very similar. Mm-hmm. But hell yeah. Follow the Leader by Korn. I'm going to go ahead and dive into my top three. Uh, number three for me, Dead Bodies Everywhere. Uh, just that creepy little like kids piano intro. Mm-hmm. 
into that weird little bing, bing, dum, 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 that like funky mm. little breakdown and then right back into the aggressive shit there's so much going on in that song and it's fantastic number two we were playing right before uh we started bbk uh love that track and then number one has been my favorite corn song since i got into them is uh got the life uh that just the fucking feely slap in the bass in that song that's what he does throughout the entire time is phenomenal yeah man it's i like the last song is it the last song i forget what it is but it's like uh it has a very funny dialogue um uh, <laughs> i forget what it is it's like someone that sounds like very like like they're very drunk <laughs> or uh my gift to up. you Maybe yeah, I forget. There's a there's is. a hidden track. I think it's on my gift it's to you. It's Cheech and Chong. It's Cheech Marin. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah, there's a yeah. Cheech is on this, right? Yeah, I think it might be in that hidden it, track. That might be it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but that that uh, that dialogue is really funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really funny. Um, if I'm picking a top three, um, for sure Justin is in there. Yeah. Um, because it's it's so raw, so intense. Um, and I fucking love it. Um, I'm going Got the Life yes. also in there. Um, and then I want to go BBK, but also Camel Tosis through that Slim Kid. Yeah. Um, the Fred Durst song is hilarious because they're just, it's just like a, a diss whole track. song of a yeah. diss track. Yeah, yeah. They're both just talking shit to each other. It's fucking, yeah. I love that. And it makes sense, too, because they, like, toured and whatever. Yeah. Like, they were homies. Like, yeah. so it's just, like, you know it's good-hearted, you know? Yeah. Uh, honorable mention, starting off with uh, BBK. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three, it's on. Uh, number two, Dead Bodies Everywhere. And then number one for me, just because it's iconic for, like, high school and, like, you know, that whole era for me is uh, Freak on a Leash. Yeah. Freak on a Leash. That was a huge Yeah. Like, no, matter how, no matter how many times I hear that song, mm-hmm. it will always just get me going it's a great track yeah it's a great track uh well anyways that was follow the leader by corn my pick for this week uh we're gonna go ahead and introduce our picks for next week oh boy should we uh do our favorite part of the cast boys i think so i think it's what do you think this is this this is everyone's favorite part right yes it's like christmas every time uh Yes. And what we're talking about is introducing our picks for next week. We're going to go in order, as we always do. So Matt was the first to talk this week. What do you got for us uh, for next? Diving into hip-hop a little bit more. This is more of a obscure album from 1995. Uh, it's called Season of the Sickness by Brother Lynchung. Ooh. Ooh. And uh, yeah. ly- lyrically, it's pretty hardcore, so uh, please don't judge me. <laughs> no, I-, <laughs> I love all of you. <laughs> this album is just... Uh, it was one of those albums that I heard early on in my life, and I was just like, wow, you can pretty much say whatever you want to in hip-hop or, or music in general. Dang. You know? I did not know you listened to that. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Season of the Sickness? Yep. Okay. Yes. Oh, damn. That's a good pick. That um, is fucking fire. Um, mine, damn. I'm going to go something a little bit more modern, um, modern soul funk. Okay. Um, one of my more favorite albums to be coming out um, in the like funk scene, um, Black Pumas. Um, I've heard of this band. I've never listened to them. They're, yeah, they're Black good. Pumas. I'm pretty sure that's it's their self-titled. Um, is it? I, it is. Yeah, I it think. Is. Yeah. 
I think it is their jiu-jitsu self-titled. I'm like, what the fuck am I talking about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Black Puma self-titled. Oh, my God, um, dude. Yeah, really, real great soul funk. So God I think damn. y'all like it. All right. Well, Matt, I've heard Brother Lynch Hung, but I don't know if I've heard that full album. <laughs> and I've heard you would know. And <laughs> you would know. You would know. Uh did I see him? In, I think he did. He told me he saw him live. I saw. Yeah, I did see him. Yeah, he was. He opened for Tech Nine. I yeah. was like, yeah, I've seen Brother Lynch Hung live. Like, so that's fucking sweet. Uh, and Jake, I've heard. I've heard a couple songs off of this, and I know that y'all have at least heard one song off of this. I'm going with "You've Come oh, a Long Way, Baby" by nice. Fatboy Slim. Hell yeah. Uh, also released in 1998, and is also a good portion of that Woodstock '99 documentary we were talking about. Uh, you just love that documentary. <laughs> no, I was like, I was thinking about it. I was like, man, that was on there. Like, I was like, Fred Durst and uh, Corn were on there, and then I was like, man, Fat Boy was too. I was like, fuck it, I'll bring up Fat Boy Slim. <laughs> it's all a ploy right, to get you to watch fine, it. I'll yeah, watch it. And it'll all make it. sense. But no, uh, also released in 1998, uh, considered the definitive uh, big band electronic album. Uh, fucking fantastic. Uh, great tracks on there but we'll get into that on episode 27 uh this has been episode 26 of what you spin in that's matt i'm dorian and this is jacob we'll be back to dive in next time have a good week